Welcome to God Signs, the radio ministry of Deaf Bible Society from Arlington, Texas. This organization is dedicated to translating the Bible into every signed language on earth so that deaf people around the globe will finally have access to its life-changing power. Your host for this weekly journey is J.R. Bucklew, president and CEO of the Society. I'm Marshall Lawrence. JR's guest today has a fascinating story to tell about how his nonprofit ministry was powerfully impacted by the deaf community and how it transformed not only his life, but the very nature of his work. It's a story I think you'll find fun due to his personality and inspiring. JR? Uh, so let's start reading from the English Standard Version, chapter 29 of Isaiah, starting in verse 13. And the Lord said, because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. Therefore, behold, I will again do wonderful things with this people, with wonder upon wonder, and the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the discernment of their discerning men shall be hidden. Ah! You who hide deep from the Lord your counsel, whose deeds are in the dark, and who say, Who sees us? Who knows us? You turn things upside down. Shall the potter be regarded as the clay, that the thing made should say of its maker, He did not make me? Or the thing formed say of him who formed it, He has no understanding? Is it not yet a very little while? until Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field shall be regarded as a forest. In that day the deaf shall hear the words of a book. Out of their gloom and darkness the eyes of the blind shall see. The meek shall obtain fresh joy in the Lord, and the poor among mankind shall exult in the Holy One of Israel. Is that encouraging? What do you, what do you, as we read that text, uh, for me, I, I, I get really excited. Of course, uh, I've, 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 I've frequented this passage quite often, especially in light of verse 18, where it talks about in that day, the deaf shall hear the words of a book and out of their gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind will see. Uh, if you remember, um, last week when we were able to talk with John Chestnut, uh, from Wycliffe Bible Translators, and we talked about, um, Psalm 19, and talked about how precious the word is for us, how precious it is for us, and how precious it is for many of you that are listening as you, as you come to it daily. I mean, you're listening this morning uh, because you are seeking teaching from that very word. Uh, you've listened already this morning to Ravi Zacharias, and we've said before, well, who, who is Ravi Zacharias without Scripture? What is an apologist without Scripture? What are our preachers of the word without the word? And we learned that there were millions of people around the world. This isn't uh, J.R. extrapolating. There are literally millions of people around the world who don't have any scripture in their language. They don't have access to scripture that tells them who is this Jesus, this Christ. And for our work at Deaf Bible Society and for many of our partners, who are, who, are, who are working hard to make known one of the most uh, overlooked people groups in the world, a collection of deaf people groups all around the world that most people, it's not that they intentionally have ignored, but it's, 
They just don't know that they exist. They've never been exposed. And then you come to this passage in Isaiah chapter 29 and you see something being said that just hang on, just hang on. There's going to be fruit. Something's going to happen. And when that's happening, when there's fruit in that day, when it's, when it's all really starting to come together and the fields are producing fruit and, and, and you start to see that in that day, as those things are happening, the deaf shall hear the words of a book. Now hear, what does that mean? Well, I think you're going to learn something new as we get to talk with our guest uh, today. So uh, Greg Pruitt is the president of Pioneer Bible Translators, who's become a dear friend of mine. Uh, Greg, we are so grateful to have you with us today. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here and uh, talk about what God has been doing in our lives. Well, tell us a little bit, who is Pioneer Bible Translators? Pioneer Bible Translators uh, came out of the Church of the Christ and the Christian churches as they started trying to get involved in Wycliffe and what, what they were doing to make sure everyone everywhere had the Word of God. And uh, Wycliffe kind of helped us get started, and we've been uh, kind of working in parallel with them really close uh, from 1976 until now. And there's just a couple of things that we do. Uh, one is that we'll do also church planting as well as Bible translation. Mm -hmm. And uh, that kind of makes us suited to work in, in cooperation with them, but, but focusing more on the unreached and unengaged people groups that don't have church and they don't have scripture. So when you when Pioneer Bible Translators started, was it primarily for the purpose of Bible translation or church planning, or was it kind of a mix of both? No, it was for Bible translation. And the idea, the, they were inspired by this idea that everyone would get the Bible. And the, mm -hmm. the churches that they came from, they were just so inspired by Scripture. They wanted to make sure uh, everyone had it, and they wanted to get involved in what, what was going on in the Bible translation movement that uh, was kind of in the middle about that time. Well, you know, for me, Greg, being having worked for a number of years now in Bible translation, having come off the mission field of having served in Ethiopia, I mean, I personally learned um, how important Bible translation is to church planting, because it's really hard to to preach, teach, disciple, and do do anything without Scripture. Um, you personally served in the field. Could maybe you could talk a little bit about your own experience of how you joined Pioneer Bible Translators, where you started your ministry, and what was sort of that convergence of translation and church planting, and how did those two things come together? Yeah, in 1994, I started working among a Muslim people group called the Yalunka in West Africa. And uh, there was just this one church. And really, when we first started, they, they really had the same theology as the people around them. They would say, hey, what's in a holy book? Do this, don't do this. Mm -hmm. And so they were really kind of the same works-based idea. And, uh, you know, they, I, I remember trying through a translator, through an interpreter to be able to preach to them. And, and they would, I did like a four- sermon series, four weeks on just one point. I was going to really try to hammer this home that we're saved by by believing in Jesus. I was just going to, every verse about that. And we went through it and through it. And at the end, I said, now, uh, let us let me just ask you a question. How are we saved? I mean, I'm hammering this for four yeah. weeks. And, and, and one lady says, by not stealing, by not uh, lying. And she just went through a list of like law, things right? not things to, do. to do. Yeah. And I was like, I, I have failed because I was trying to preach through an interpreter and they didn't have the word. Mm. 
And now, you know, that they have the whole Bible in their language, their theology has just become so deep and so powerful. Uh, you know, there, there, a guy came, he wanted to, uh, uh, he, he had had all of his cows stolen. And he mm-hmm. came to us at the church, and it was a Muslim guy, and he said, you know what, last year I came and you guys prayed for my, my leg and I was healed. And this year, uh, my cows are sto- were stolen, and I figure, you know, anybody, anything that can can fi- heal my leg can find my cows. And, you know, <laughs> so they got up and they said, no, you know, we, you, you might want us to curse the person who stole them, but we would never do that because, mm. you know, because the God who created the whole earth, who spoke the earth into existence, lives inside of us. Wow. And we would never curse anybody because it would happen. It would be an abuse of the power of the word of God living in us. You know, it's just like a total night and day experience where the word of God just opens up their whole opportunity to become uh, really deep in their knowledge of God and really powerful in the way their lives are transformed. I mean, so they, I mean, they experienced true transformation. Yeah, yeah, it was deep inside them. And, you know, before that, what... What do you, what do you, what, what sermon do you preach if you don't have a Bible? Mm. You know, basically the Bible is the blueprint of all of Christianity. You can't, uh, you can't answer any of the questions you have, any spiritual questions that come to your mind. You have no source. You can't preach. You can't teach. You can't get any knowledge of God into your life. But once you have it, you know, it, it's like they can just open it up and read and it, immediately the information just comes right into their minds instead of trying to read it in some uh, somebody else's language where they kind of get something but it's just not it's not as impactful at all i remember you and i were both speaking at a conference talking about drive by bible distribution we used to go warthog hunting because that's how the yolunka people roll you know they they they're they're hunting and gathering people so we learned how to hunt so we would go around hunting in theory, but we would also have boxes of scripture. And so one village, we're just driving through and, and this guy stops the car. He stands out in front and kind of waves at us. And he goes over the window and he says, Hey, aren't you those people who have books about God in our language? I was like, yeah. He's like, do you have any? And so we like literally passed a box of books out the window of the car and drove off. And, you know, because that's how we roll. We're the, the one who sows, you know, little is going to reap little. And the one who sows much is going to reap a lot. We're not just going to give you one. And, and you know, we, we later heard that these, these guys were getting together and reading. And we knew something was happening when the elders of the village made it a public announcement that no one was allowed to open one of these books in their village. And, and that just made it like contraband. These young guys were like meeting in secret to figure out why it was banned, you know, and they were, and eventually that became one of the places where a, a church developed. You know, it, that same conference, you're telling this story. Um, after that, I remember coming up to you and saying, so Greg, you know, when are you going to do something? When, when, you know, when is Pioneer Bible Translators going to do something for deaf people? And uh, I, you you, you kind of said, well, you know, we'll seek the Lord, and it's probably going to take us a few years before we can really figure out if that's for us. But it didn't seem like the Lord waited that long to start to give you answers. No, that, that was kind of uh, right at the beginning point of when God took what he had been doing to me and, and 
really I kind of look at this whole involvement in sign language translation as something that God has done to us. You know, he was not able to wait anymore. And he, he just kind of came into my life first. Back in 2002, I went to a convention and saw a guy named Chad Intinger, who's now the CEO of Deaf Missions. Mm-hmm. I saw him speak, and he started signing. Uh, it, the thing that hit me, I, I was fascinated by his, his talk, but when he got to the end and he prayed, he began to sign up, and it just blew my mind. I don't know why that hit me so hard, but I thought at that moment, when deaf people pray, they sign. <clears throat> and is the Lord's arm too short that when he talks back to them, he would sign? Mm. And it changed my heart about the importance and, and about the nature of sign language. Then uh, really the next big thing was when you were speaking, I had already thought a lot about it. And in that conference, when you were talking, I had this experience where I don't know why I'm so uh, hit by what he's saying because I've already known this, but I know God is doing something now that he's never done before. And this was almost 10 years after you saw Chad. It was like 11 years later and God had just been doing that work in my life. And then in, in 2013, when we were at that conference together, after your talk, I knew it was time but I didn't know what. So I went straight back to our office on that Monday, and I went to the recruitment people, and I said, something's going to happen. And I'm sitting in this chair telling them, something's going to happen. God, God is finally going to do something among us for sign languages. So I, w- I need you to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And they said, I think... There was a, a young lady just sitting in that chair who came to us who wants to recruit and send out deaf missionaries. Like the same day even, right? It, it was, was like, like she had just been there an hour before, sitting in the same chair I was sitting in talking to them. And I was like, okay, well, get her in here then, whatever you know is needed. And that was kind of the first yeah. uh, actual involvement that we had. And you know, many things have changed over time, but you know, that's been – how God has gradually been working among us to cause us to do something. But the Lord's continued, even since then, to to work in you, uh, just to increase your passion, to increase your your will, your understanding, your drive for deaf people and sign languages. I mean, you and I have seen the change within the movement among Bible translation agencies, within the, the form of Bible agencies, international and other circles, where, I mean, this was like, it's like the, we couldn't, we couldn't do anything like this 10 years ago, but for something, something, something has changed. Uh, maybe you can talk about what is, what does God continue to do in you? And what have you seen within that movement? God has really been moving in the Bible translation movement to completely change our perspective about the deaf. Uh, there was a time where we planned the entire Bible translation movement future we had a vision 2025, and we, we were going to start every translation project by a certain time that was needed, and we were going to finish them all by a certain time. And we had it all planned out without the deaf. So all of these languages, this whole strategic plan, we, we, and not 
we came to the conclusion we could succeed as long as we ignored the deaf. And at a certain point, we pictured in our minds, maybe God showed us, what it was going to be like to get to those milestones and say, we did it by ignoring the deaf. And were we going to be okay with that? And I think the idea just went around the Bible translation movement that, no, it's not good enough to pretend like the deaf don't matter. It's not good enough to put them second, like a, the next Bible translation movement will get around to that. He said, no, we, we repented. Literally, the, a repentance went around the Bible translation movement, and we said, no, we need to not do the deaf second. We need to catch up all of the sign language translations and engage a huge amount of energy to bring them up to where the spoken languages and the sign languages uh, cross these milestones at the same time. Mm. And for us, that was a real sense of repentance. We had to change everything about what we were doing and thinking, change our plans. But And even for you personally, I mean, the Lord uh, wasn't necessarily passive in this, right? No, after, I mean, after the whole experience of the Bible translation movement deciding, hey, we're going to do the sign languages just like we're doing the spoken languages, uh, then I had to decide for our organization, is this what God is doing in our lives? You know, mm-hmm. We had two, two possibilities, and a lot of people recommended that we just do, uh, that we would just work through the others that are more gifted at this, like Deaf Bible Society, Deaf Missions, and DOOR, and that we maybe we just, our role was just to contribute uh, in dollars. So you were really seeking, Lord, what, what do we do specifically within this movement? It, it became necessary for me to decide, okay, are we, even though we're just hearing people and in essence really not able to bring from our perspective a lot of, there's certainly no knowledge, no, no existing capacity. We would have to change everything about our organization. We would have to learn American Sign Language. We would have to build that capacity, and we'd have to change our facilities to have, you know, fire alarms that would work. You know, there was every conceivable way. Our entire organization was going to have to change for us to be able to do this. Uh, and we realized, okay, it would be so much easier to just send money. And we, at a certain point, I prayed to God, uh, we were getting ready to do our end of the year appeal for um, I think it was in um, 2017 at the end of that year, and I got to the point where I needed to know. So I sat down at my desk and I said, "God, we're gonna make we're gonna make a huge change, and we're gonna make an appeal that God that you the people would bring the money in that we would be able to start our actual work on this." and um, I sat there and I kind of tilted my head and put my ear up like I was listening. Just, God, if you don't tell me now, I won't know. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he began to give me a very strong uh, impression, a spiritual impression, to the point that I ended up getting down on my face, down in the floor of my office. And the sense that I had was that he was angry. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea why. And he, he showed me that he was angry because we in the church had acted like Jesus died only for hearing people and not also for the deaf. And he was furious that we would act like the deaf people did not matter in the gospel. Hmm. 
And so we, you know, I got right up off the floor. I turned on my computer and I started studying ASL right there. I mean, I, I, I had this compelling, urgent need to do something mm. uh, in that instant. And I realized, okay, we have some calling from God, even though we don't have any ability, we don't have any you know, resources, we don't have anything to bring. Yeah. But he showed me we have to do it. We have to get engaged and come alongside the people who are already good at it and just be helpful in some way. And I, in my heart of hearts, I really kind of disagreed with the Lord about his anger. Mm. You know, I, 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 that's risky, but I thought, Lord, I don't know why you're so angry about this. Until uh, I told, not very long after, Deaf Missions staff came through on a, on a little tour of our area, and I told them the story that I had experienced. And they started saying, you know, I, I am... I'm really pleased to hear that God is angry because I've, I'm angry about this too, and I've been angry about this too. And they, you know, they started crying and, and really uh, were touched to hear that God was, was moving people to action and uh, that he hadn't just ignored them, that, it, he, that they were uh, engaged and part of this great gospel that, that Jesus uh, brought to the earth. And so I realized, you know, uh, it makes more sense now. This message wasn't really just for me. It was for mm. for these other people, too, that God is doing something in our day. He's not satisfied for the deaf to remain distant. Yeah. This is the moment in history where every person, hearing or deaf, will have the Word of God in their language, and they will understand it and the spoken languages, they'll hear it. But in this day, this is the day that Isaiah was talking about, where the deaf will hear the words of the book. They won't hear with their ears, but the deaf Bible app, they'll see it. Mm -hmm. It'll go into their hearts, and they will know just the same as any hearing person knows, that Jesus Christ died for them. Amen. Well, thank you, Greg, uh, for sharing your story of what God's been doing in your life and within your organization. It's, it's amazing to see him at work. Time and time again in the story of God's dealing with humans like Greg and you and me, he sends us down a path which we dutifully follow and find blessed and exciting. But sometimes he'll send us turns in the road and direct us to a different form of ministry and mission. That's how I entered deaf ministry through the birth of my deaf daughter. It's how God refocused Chantal Pagan, whose story you heard here a few weeks ago, when he asked her to give up her gift of singing and set her on a course that led her to be instrumental in the development of Deaf Bible Society. It's the fundamental story of Christian service. When we see a need and are prompted by the Holy Spirit to help meet that need, we follow through on his direction because we know if we don't, we'll miss out on the blessing of blessing others. Today, I'm asking you to do just that, to go to godsigns.com and make a generous gift to the vital work of God's Bible translation. You can't imagine the power of seeing the Word of God come to life for the deaf in a way that no written language will ever do for them. It's a worthwhile investment in souls. Please go to godsigns.com and do that for them. Thank you. Now here's JR with some parting thoughts. 
how are you hearing in the context that we heard Greg talk about? How are you feeling him speak to you and understanding his word? And I would just encourage you to continue to pray. Pray that God would reveal to you, the deaf people right there in your own backyard, in your community, that you might be used as a means to bring the hope of the gospel to them. Uh, So thank you again. Uh, Remember, uh, join us at GodSigns.com and share this program with your friends and, and help us because together, together we can be a part of him making his name great among the nations. Thank you. Thank you, Jr. As always, the program you just heard is also available on video at GodSigns.com, fully translated into American Sign Language for the Deaf. So pass the word around about GodSigns.com. This is also where you can make your gift or pledge of financial support for Bible translation into one of the world's 400 distinct sign languages until all the deaf have seen his word. I'm Marshall Lawrence. God bless you and share this program with your friends and, and help us because together, together we can be a part of him making his name great among the nations. Thank you. Thank you, Jr. As always, the program you just heard is also available on video at GodSigns.com, fully translated into American Sign Language for the Deaf. So pass the word around about GodSigns.com. This is also where you can make your gift or pledge of financial support for Bible translation into one of the world's 400 distinct sign languages until all the deaf have seen his word. I'm Marshall Lawrence. God bless you.